They win the draw to the slot. And now Fedor around the umbrella left. Patch ready. Stone a slam dunk. He scores. Mark Stone. 2 2 tie. Second power play goal of the game for Mark Stone. And five consecutive multi point performances. Zakempe dishes in front. Another sliding. That's saved by Flurry. This time to his right. Because one hour isn't enough. We welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Here is a left wing opportunity. Lizana sliding. That's saved. Robin Leonard. What a stop. From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Career year for Mark Stone. The captain keeps on trucking for the Vegas Golden Knights, and that five-game streak with multi-points in every game is a career high for Mark Stone as the Golden Knights have won seven in a row, trying to carry that through to tomorrow night as they wrap up the two-game series against the San Jose Sharks. This is the VGK Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas, Darren Millard, Ryan Wallace, and Chris Chapman. Uh, the big part of the night uh, in big picture historically was Patrick Marlowe setting the all-time games played list uh, record. Uh, we'll also get into just a little bit more about the significance of the Golden Knights victory and what it means uh, to the standings and the uh, conversation that's going to take place over the next couple of weeks uh, regarding the battle for home ice advantage in the Western Division. But uh, Ryan, when, when you evaluate what happened last night, was it the face-off that, that you remember? Was it the initial pause where Gary Bettman, uh, uh, they played the, his recorded speech? No boo. Ed Grady pointed that out. No boos for Gary Bettman uh, <laughs> last night. Uh, or or was it the post-game uh, where the two teams just sat back and, and let Mar Patrick Marlowe have his moment before leaving the ice and the, the handshakes. Very unusual that teams, uh, a team would shake hands with an individual on the opposing team when it's, when it's not the final game of the season, the final meeting between the two mm -hmm. clubs at, at, the, at the end of a campaign. It was, it was uh, unique, uh, and, uh, but well, well handled. Yeah, to me, it, it, the lasting image that I have, I think, is is of both teams on the ice after the handshake line, just tapping their sticks, Patrick Marlowe out on the ice and, and really just showing the gratitude that he had in that moment for everybody that was in the building and for all of his teammates and the opposition in the Vegas Golden Knights. I, I thought that was a great moment and, and the referees on the ice uh, applauding Patrick Marlowe. And, you know, I, I was... I, fortunate enough to be sitting relatively close to to Patrick's family and where they were in the building and just to be able to see that his family and Patrick on the ice they were able to figure out where each other were Patrick knew exactly where his family was and, and to share that moment and to see that firsthand was pretty awesome buddy I was just going to ask you how do you think he knew where they were when you when you're on the ice because I've been on the ice and I've tried to find where our set location is and yeah. you kind of get turned around. You're not sure which corner is which once, once, once you're uh, on the surface and it, it always takes me a couple of seconds. So I was, I was curious, like, how did he know exactly where Christina and the kids were? I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I really don't, but you know, it, he had his bearings about him. Yeah. He, he had his the bearings other about him all night. So from, uh, very interesting. Uh, here is uh, Patrick Marlowe on uh, what that post-game moment was like. 
super special. Like you don't, I, you don't know what to expect or, but when you see, when you, when guys do things like that and it just, uh, very, very, I keep using the same words over and over. I'm sorry, but it, it is, uh, it's hum- humbling for them to, you know, show the, the respect and, uh, and I'm so grateful that, uh, they were part of it tonight and, um, yeah, it was, it was a really special night and, um, uh, you know, you don't, you don't have these nights without teammates, without greater organizations and, um, definitely have, uh, have those, uh, those covered for sure. Great teammates and, and, uh, great organization. And that, that was Patrick Marlowe's moment, but I got the feeling like from the Vegas side of it, that was Mark's beat of what the Golden Knight players were doing during the course of, of that postgame. Yeah, I, I think so. And, and you know, just a special moment all, all the way around for, for everyone on the ice. And Mark Andre Fleury was uh, the last one, of the last ones to go through the handshake. And every every time a series ends, you kind of have those moments where a couple of rivals will meet or a couple of uh, former teammates will meet, and you hope the camera catches that moment uh, in the, in the Stanley Cup playoffs as you wish luck or or you you wonder, okay, are they going to just blow by each other because they've gone head to head for seven games and then they, they don't want to even talk to each other. Uh, the Mark Andre Fleury, Patrick Marlowe uh, coming together was significant because the Olympic teammates, also legends of uh, future hall of famers. I think Patrick Marlowe is a hall of famer. Uh, mm-hmm. What, uh, what we saw there was, was great respect. Here's Marlowe on the meeting with Mark Andre. Uh, yeah, I think just, I was just trying to show my, my respect to him. He's had a tremendous career. He's, you know, he's moving up the, the wins column and uh you know you can tell a player like like that who loves the game and, and enjoys being out there and is a great teammate um just i just wanted to you know show him the the respect that he, he deserves uh, for all his uh, great accomplishments in his career should also mention patrick marlowe played a great game last night doesn't get the ice yeah. time he used to but chances he was in the mm-hmm. thick of it uh, the, yep. he had the he had the breakaway early on and in the third period, he had a couple of outstanding looks where you thought fate is going to uh, rain down here and it's going to be Marlowe's night, Marlowe's moment, Marlowe's uh, grab everything and just run off and have this storybook finish. Didn't happen that way with the result, mm-hmm. but boy, did he give himself uh, an opportunity to do that. Oh, I thought for sure he was going to bury one. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought for sure he was scoring. And then in the shootout, he gets that first look, and and, and Robin Leonard comes up with the save. Uh, one final uh, moment here, just uh, and it speaks to where Patrick Barlow is coming from. Just on the whole day, the climax of, of setting the record and breaking Gordy Howe's mark that stood for 59 years, and doing it on the road, which actually was beneficial because it was the first time that Christina and the kids were able to watch a game in person this year. No fans in attendance in Santa Clara County and San Jose. So uh, being in Las Vegas actually was a bonus for the Marlows. And here is Patrick just addressing what went into the day as a whole. It was super special to see all the things that they they did. I know there was a lot of work um, throughout the organization, through the trainers, to to make this happen. Um, I mean, saw all the patches, you saw all the sweaters, t-shirts, um, nameplates, 
you know, they didn't, uh, they didn't miss, miss a thing. And then, uh, um, I think the, you gotta thank the, the Golden Knights organization for, um, you know, giving the, the family a suite to, to sit in and enjoy the game tonight. And, um, you know, their, their fans, um, for all the, the cheering and, and support that they showed tonight. And there's a lot of Sharks fans out there too. So it was, uh, very, very humbling and, um, very grateful for, for everything that, uh, that happened tonight. Appreciated the suite that the family got. Uh, everything that uh, that the Golden Knights uh, went above and beyond to make that a special moment. Not between two rivals. Not going. Not biting your your lip and saying we'll do this. It was yeah. It's a it's a hockey moment, and it's a it's the moment that that the the game deserves. And when you're part of the game, yeah, you 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 make those those big moves and and on both sides. The Golden Knights and San Jose Sharks worked in unison yesterday to make it as perfect as possible when you're having to be socially distant and not have a capacity crowd. Yeah, and and I think that that's kind of the aspect that that I thought was really, really special about last night is you understand how collaborative an effort it was with the Sharks and the Vegas Golden Knights to to ensure that that night was as special and 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 as as it could possibly be not just for Patrick Marlowe but for his family and and I think that that speaks volumes obviously about uh the the Golden Knights this organization but it it speaks volumes to to again this accomplish this accomplishment and what it means not just for Patrick Marlowe the individual but what it means for the NHL and and the Golden Knights recognizing their place in in that history breaking game and and you know, as an organization that's four years old, just about like that's an awesome thing to be a part of, and and I don't think that's lost on this organization one bit. Gordy Howe's record stood for fifty nine years. Uh, I don't know whether Marlowe will have this mark forever, or mm-hmm. whether it stands for twenty years. But when it does, I'm taking the other team. When 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 the next player breaks this record. And the the result is uh, is there for the wagering. I'm taking the team that that player is playing, because there's there's a trend here. In 1961, mm-hmm. in November, Gordy Howe played his 1,000th game to surpass mm-hmm. Ted Lindsay for most games ever played in the National Hockey League. Just happened to be his 1,000th, which was great, a nice round number that we can all remember, <laughs> and we don't have to be thinking over and over and over again, am I going to screw this number up? Am I going to say 1678 uh, or 1768? Like, oh. Uh, I can't believe how many times I went over my notes and you went over your notes yesterday to make sure we had the number absolutely right. So uh, uh, in 1961, when Gordie Howe played his 1,000th game, the Detroit Red Wings lost to the Chicago Blackhawks. And fast forward 59 years, uh, it was Patrick Marlowe breaking Gordie Howe's record, and the San Jose Sharks lost in a shootout, which, by the way, wasn't around in 1961. Uh, nor, nor were shiny helmets, uh, gold helmets like the, the Golden Knights wore uh, wore last night. Helmets weren't greatest even around. helmets. <laughs> helmets greatest weren't helmets even around in, in the ni- league in 1961. So uh, next, so that's two in a row where the team that breaks the record loses. Uh, mm-hmm. So if it's an important game, you, you don't want to be breaking the record in in 2039 or whenever whenever that happens. Uh, here's the breakdown for uh, Patrick Marlowe. Before I get into uh, you, I wanted your comments on on something that happened with the Golden Knights last night. 1596, 1,596 games with San Jose. 
164 with Toronto and eight regular season games with the Pittsburgh Penguins. That is the breakdown to get you to 1768 for Patrick Marlowe in his career. Tomorrow night, he will play 1769 and 899 in a row, which is the other unfathomable <laughs> part of this. He's played one shy of 900 games in a row to, to get to this mark, which is, uh, is, is brilliant. But the Golden Knights pick up the two points, and mm-hmm. you, you, you wake up today, and you well, actually, it happened last night. You go to bed last night, and you go, Vegas Golden Knights, two points clear of the Colorado Avalanche for first place. First time since March 30th that the Golden Knights have sold possession of first place. Yeah, and it's Vegas taking care of their business. It's Vegas looking at this break in the schedule, looking at the teams that they are are up against in, in Arizona and L.A. and Anaheim and now San Jose and doing exactly what they need to do to bank those points and take care of the games that they can win. You can't control what is going to happen with the Colorado Avalanche, but you can win your games, and you get to play Colorado two more times the rest of the season. So the Golden Knights have positioned themselves in, in incredibly well over this seven-game win streak to make that push to finishing this season in first place in the Honda West Division. Too clear of the Colorado Avalanche. They can make it... Uh four points ahead of the Colorado Avalanche when they face the San Jose Sharks tomorrow night. The Avalanche scheduled to return later this week. There's been no official announcement of, of that, as I've seen to date, yeah. uh, unless I'm I have something. Uh, but the, the earliest that the, the Colorado Avalanche were going to be back is Thursday. I'm not, I'm not going to say I'm pessimistic now. I was actually optimistic yesterday, but the fact that we haven't heard anything uh, kind of leads me to believe that maybe maybe it's delayed a little bit. Haven't seen any uh, like n- there's nobody else on the COVID list for Colorado. Still still the two players. We knew Grubauer was going to be out uh, a couple of weeks, so we haven't seen the wide spread uh, of the virus through the organization like we did with the with the Vancouver Canucks. But uh, but we'll see. Uh, I know this that if the Golden Knights take both games from the, from the San Jose Sharks and win tomorrow night. That's two points clear, and and now it's up to the Colorado Avalanche to be multiple wins behind the Golden Knights, and that just puts a, a little more heat on on the team as they come out of the the, the pause. This is a, a club that's won seven in a row and has found its rhythm, and also has won six in a row against the San Jose Sharks. Yeah. Pete DeBoer, like with two games left in this series, like he, mm-hmm. he's. It was it was fun at the start, but now it's like six in a row against his former team. It's crazy. I I mean, yeah, it is. And and you know, again, I I think that uh, you know we've we've talked about how difficult it is to sweep two game series. We've talked about how difficult it is throughout this season to to find ways to to beat opponents um, six out of eight, right? And and you know, for the Golden Knights. They might hit that number tomorrow against San Jose, and and or they've already hit that number. My my goodness! And again, it, it's it's tough because there have been games that San Jose has played pretty well. I, I mean, I'd argue the last three games in this season series, San Jose has played well enough to win hockey games. They just have not been able to figure out a way to beat the Golden Knights. And for Vegas, that continues to build your confidence, knowing that even if you don't have your best game, you still can find ways to win. 
I, I, I can't imagine uh, what we're going to see between these two clubs tomorrow night, Wednesday, as they go at it one more time. There has been an eight-game sweep this year in the National Hockey League. Buffalo Sabres were swept. Uh, but yeah. this this is knocking on the door of, uh, of pretty incredible. Vegas has completed one season series this season, and that's against the L.A. Kings. And mm-hmm. it was a six and two record, uh, so two three and ones, uh, however you want to divide it up. But six and two, that's really good. Yeah, Vegas has equaled that already uh, against the San Jose Sharks with uh, tomorrow night and then uh, the game uh, at the end of the season that's been that's been moved around. By the way, I- I'm now officially at the point where I'm having trouble following the schedule with with. <laughs> trying to figure out what game's been moved where, and and not just not just the Golden Knights, but the 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 Vancouver thing where they were on pause, then they were back, and then those two games against Toronto were moved, and uh, and they were supposed to be back to back, but now they're not back to back, and now they're playing. Like I, I'm to the point where I really have to if if I'm going to talk about the schedule, I have to be looking at the schedule to be able to translate it with any form of confidence. Uh, but 6-2 and two is the minimum that Vegas can come out of this season series against the San Jose Sharks. Yeah, and, and that's just setting yourself up for success, right? And for the Golden Knights, we, we've talked about it all season long, that they have done incredibly well against the teams that they're supposed to beat. And, you know, I think last night notwithstanding, the last six games that the Golden Knights have had against that type of competition, it's been no doubters. Last night was in doubt. Last night was a game in which the Golden Knights were, they put everything that they had into grinding out a win, and they came out on the right side of it. And, you know, you can't really get too frustrated or upset with that because the Golden Knights have played six games in nine nights. They are tired. It is draining. And you know what? A win is a win. Two points is two points. It's one more step in the right direction for the Golden Knights, no matter how they got from point A to point B in getting those two points. Yeah, there's there's games in which uh, they leave the ice, and you can see them in, in the locker room in your mind. They, they, they're they taking off their, their gear, and they're laughing, and they're joking, and they're high fives, and they're chirping, and uh, uh, all, uh, all kinds of uh, action and energy. I feel like last night, uh, I'll pick Max Pacioretty, Walks uh, through the through the dressing room doors of T-Mobile, gets to his stall, and takes off his jersey, and then just sits down and goes, oh. <laughs> like just yeah, yeah, I'm done, I'm yeah. I'm spent. Uh, so getting through it is one thing. There's a there's a bit of spark though with this team, and it comes in the form of Matthias Janmark. I he was really good last night. Yep. Yep. No, he, he was he was fantastic last night, and I think you're starting to get an idea of, of his range in, in terms of yeah. what he can bring to the table. Power you play, get right? A, a, got some time there. You, you get a sense of what he could do on the power play. You get a sense of, of him going to the front of the net and creating something. Obviously, uh, it, it's no goal within the context of the game, but trying to pick up loose change, trying to pick up rebounds and put them home. And I think you got a real taste of, of his speed live and in-game action and that there are different levels to what he can do in terms of his acceleration and in terms of, of just his all-around game. I loved what I saw last night from Matthias Janmark in person with this team. Uh, the power play, he was the high guy in the middle 
in that bumper spot when Mark Stone deflected the the first power play goal in, uh, the first goal for the for the Vegas Golden Knights. And it was funny. He turned around to Stone. Stone skated right by him to uh, I think it was Shea Theodore that uh, that shot the puck uh, that that was tipped in, tipped in. And uh, and Yana Rucker's just. He's still trying to find his place in, in where everybody goes and what everybody and what everybody does uh, during the during the course of a celebration. But the speed he turned on the Jets a couple of times that showed mm-hmm. you that part of it. Uh, the skill level of of Matthias Janmark and and the stick handling and and we also saw some of the 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 grittiness, like just getting in there and and being yeah. not a disturber, but making them answer for something. And I, I like that part of his game. Yeah, I I was thoroughly impressed with with him at in in his home debut for the Golden Knights and you know I, again I think that this is a player that that you know when everyone's healthy and with some some consistency and some chemistry with Alex Tuck I look at that line I think they could be very very good and and not just very good for a third line I mean a line that can threaten to score every single time they're on the ice and and that to me is one of those situations where I look at the trade deadline, I look at the player brought in, and I look at the fit that 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 you're trying to assess, the need that you're trying to to um, to to really figure out for the Golden Knights. And I think it was a great deadline acquisition by Kelly McCrimmon. Yeah, Kelly was supposed to join us today. I uh, got a scheduling conflict that came up during the course of this afternoon. Apologized uh, to us. Uh, trying to get him uh, back in on uh, Thursday. Tomorrow would be the logical time, but uh, tomorrow night's a, a 6.30 start at T-Mobile. Mm-hmm. So you were on the air with the VGK uh, Radio Network pregame show from 5.30 to 6.30, uh, and we are on the air from 4.30 to 5.30, or 4 o'clock to 5.30, right? If, that if all I, sounds I, correct. It all yeah. sounds. So, so we are just uh, we're 90 minutes tomorrow. And then you take it uh, right up to face off. And again, if you're going to the game or you're planning on watching or listening, whichever way you plan on taking the game, it's one hour earlier uh, tomorrow night, 6:30 face off. Uh, uh, national TV is taking the game outside of the uh, the AT&T Sportsnet uh, Rocky Mountain region. Uh, we'll still have it on on our broadcast, but uh, for the national audience, they're they're bumping up a couple of games. So that's why it's one hour earlier uh, for the. It kind of confuses me that the that. TV wasn't moved around that last night wasn't a national game. I know it was on the NHL right. Network, but a little confused on, on that one. I don't do that. John Shannon I used to do that. We'll have to get him on and ask him <laughs> at some point. Uh, just on, on, on the tip-in by, uh, by Pacioretty, do you, do you think some guys' shots are easier to deflect than others? And I by mean not because they're slower, uh, not because they're, they're putting in a different spot, but just you you see them better or it, we'll have to ask uh, some of the players about that whether whether there is a difference between some guys some defensemen who get the shot through and and some mm-hmm. guys that uh, you may have Petrangelo and Theodore uh, who both get the puck through but one's a little bit consistently easier to tip I wonder yeah I, I wonder too because you know from 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 my my perspective right like I think that there's there's a difference with how you get the puck to the front of the net. Like if you're trying to score, if you're shooting to score, I feel like there's probably a different pace on the puck than if you're shooting for a deflection. But, you know, that's an interesting one. Uh, Petrangelo gets pucks through a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Theodore's shot just looks like 
guys are able to get their their twigs on a little bit more. And you know, one of the new trends uh, in in being able to tip tip pucks is is not like tipping them side to side or or up. One of the new trends is tipping them down and on that mm. high tip where you get yeah. that skip off the ice. And you're you're seeing it more and more, or either I'm just noticing it more and more, and it creates even more. Un- it's almost like a double deflection. You're off the stick and then off the ice, and you have no idea where it's going. Ask Jonathan Quick uh, what's going to happen on that. And uh, I, I just I, I seem to be noticing it a little bit more. And the fact that Pacioretty and Stone in the last few days have both tipped pucks in, not scored up the rush, but both tipped pucks in, I think is a huge bit of light for when the playoffs come and the transition offense isn't working and maybe uh maybe uh, the cycling the puck and you're getting pucks uh to the net but they aren't going in being able to have that confidence that you're deflecting pucks and scoring like that patch just roaming uh, kind of like cruising through the area uh mark stone position in front those are the types of plays that didn't result in goals in the bubble and seeing those right now gives uh, gives uh, just an added bounce of optimism. No, oh, I think you're absolutely right. You you got to hone in on on those skills, and you've got to make it so so that when you need it in the playoffs, you you have the confidence to go out there and execute in in different ways and find goals in different ways. And for the Golden Knights to be able to do that night in and night out, that's a good thing. You 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 of course you want to try to get. Get your goals off the rush. Of course, you want to try to make those those pretty passing plays. But when that stuff is taken away, you, you got to find other ways. And the Golden Knights are doing that right now. I have a prediction on tomorrow night. I'll give it to you on the other side of this break. Uh, plus one timers, news and notes from around the National Hockey. You're going to love this prediction. It's going to make you smile ear to ear. This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Bottom of the first round. Here's Alex Tuck. The righty starts slowly left, top of the left circle to the hash marks. Forehand, backhand, forehand, and he scores! Brought to the near wing, big shot, he scores! It's time for one-timers. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day. And it's a tie hockey game. On the VGK Insider Show. Uh, Alex Tuck scoring in the shootout was from Dan Duva last night. The Golden Knights winning it 3-2 in extra time. Great overtime, back and forth. Both teams thought they had won it on a couple of different occasions. And we should mention, out of the entire conversation that we've had over the last uh, 90 minutes or so, one of the great moments of the game last night was Braden McNabb diving through the crease, going into the butterfly, knocking a puck out of the air, and, and making a save before Shea Theodore and William Carlson converged and Theodore was able to clear it out. That, uh, that kind of got overshadowed, but McNabb, Playing a little goaltender. Yeah, Braden McNabb had himself a game last night. There was, uh, there was obviously the big hit on Logan Couture, but also the the, the save in the blue paint. Well done, Braden McNabb. Uh, it's full team effort to grind that one out last night. If the Golden Knights were on fumes last night and had to grind it out, can anybody explain to me how Vegas walked out of the building having put up 40 shots on goal? Um. I mean, they're good, and, and they had a really, really strong push there in the second period. Like, I, I think they kind of went for broke in that second period, and and then obviously you get the, the game tied up in the third, and that's when I think they kind of ran out of steam. But 
I, I think that they did a lot of good work there in the second period to get themselves back in the game. The way we talked about last night and just surviving, the mm-hmm. two of us, yep. it, it's more like you would have thought, okay, they, they won 3-2 on a night that they had 23 shots. Yeah. Not 40. Martin Jones was excellent last night. Robin Leonard was good, too. But like, really that, where where are we? Have we lost our minds and, and our perspective when it comes to the Vegas Golden Knights when we say they got to grind through it, they got to just uh, find a way to will themselves to this victory? Oh, yeah, and 40 shots on goal again. It doesn't correlate. Not, I mean, not really, right? But, I mean, again, that's kind of where the expectations are. And... and and I think the expectations were set because of what we had seen the Golden Knights do over the, the previous six games, where it is it had been such a dominant effort and, and so controlled in terms of, of how they went about their business that it felt different last night. And rightly or wrongly, uh, you look at that team and you look at the way that they were able to string the win together last night, it, it was different than the previous six. It wasn't as dominating a performance, but it is still two points. Other news from the National Hockey League. Carey Price will be out at least one week, just returned, will be out at least one week for the Montreal Canadiens because of concussion protocol. He was injured last night on a play that resulted in Connor McDavid scoring. Oilers forward Alex Chason uh, collided with Carey Price on that play. The goal was overturned when the Canadiens challenged for goaltender interference. Is it time to look at a mandatory penalty for goalie interference and not just saying incidental contact? You know what? I, 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 think, I think so. I, it, it's tough because I think you, you have to make the, the delineation between a guy that goes into the goaltender of his own volition versus a guy that is pushed into or impeded with and that is the result of them going into a goaltender. But, I mean, if you've got a guy that just kind of bowls over a goalie or, or goes into a goalie, I think that you, you got to try to dissuade and, and discourage that as much as you can in this game. I think a mandatory penalty for goaltender interference is probably the way that we're moving and, and something that we'll see sooner than later. So, yeah, I mean, I'm there. I, I, I don't see any issue with that whatsoever. I don't like putting words in people's mouths, but I'm going to do it in this case. Like Shane Knighty drives him yeah. uh, up the wall that there's a, a goal that's, uh, that's disallowed, but then there's no penalty on it because right. it's deemed right. incidental contact. Like, you, you could say incidental contact happens in every interference penalty. Or sure. it's, it's delivered sometimes, too. Ask uh, Zach Whitecloud about that last night on the interference call or, or Shea Theodore, who got to take down an interference call. But I, I just interference to me is interference. There's mm-hmm. the odd moment where you can say they just bumped into each other, but we're going to wave it off. But more times than not, there should be a penalty. And more times than not, there isn't a penalty. And the, the, the goal is just wiped out and you continue to play at even strength. I'm not sure why. And now Carey Price is is out uh, and that's you're, you're, what, three weeks? Three and a half weeks left in the season right now. Yep. Yep. He's going to be out for at least a week in concussion protocol. Montreal's fighting uh, uh, their, their, their lip 
their tongue, their inside of their cheek, everything right now worried about what's going to happen here. Well, it's a good thing they, they keep getting to overtime and, and finding ways to get an extra point out of games. Like, the, the Montreal Canadiens are, are a bit underwhelming for me just based on how they started the season and, and kind of how it's gone recently for them. Nine overtime or shootout losses for the Montreal Canadiens. Without those, they're on the outside looking in. So um, got to find ways to win. They've lost two in a row. It's not looking Ooh. great for Montreal. There's another one that, uh, along with sending uh, Robin Leonard, Dominic Hasek stats in the shootout, mm -hmm. yeah. I'm going to send yeah. him the Montreal Canadian stats in the in overtime of the shootout. <laughs> a big, we're turning into um, who's the who's a famous like motivational speaker. That's who mm. we're turning into right I, now. I don't know. Tony no Robbins. We're Tony there Robbins. That sounds you never, about you right. Go, do you never go down the the rabbit hole of motivational speeches like TED talks or anything like that? No. No. no I love really. my TED talks. What's What's your favorite TED talk that you've ever listened to? Uh, it was about NASA. NASA. Oh, okay. NASA. Yeah, that'd be fun. NASA. How do you say NASA Bahamas? So NASA. Oh, NASA, the oh, space program. Like, yeah. The space program? Yeah. Space program, yeah. Uh, NASA. NASA. Uh, NASA. Yeah. That's, uh, mm -hmm. it, it, was, it was about uh, what happens during the course of the launch. And of, of, uh, of, it was of the space shuttle at the time. But public speaking fascinates me. It scares the hell out of me, and I'm terrible at it. Yeah. But I'm, I'm fascinated by people who are good at it. And I can watch TED Talks all the time. You literally speak for a living. I know. Isn't that strange? But I speak, you know who I speak to? I speak to who? you two uh, Lugans. And uh, and I speak to, <laughs> it just means that you're maroons with booze. That's all. We established that last week. Yeah, but uh, not while we're doing the show. You don't drink Thanks for the making show? that clarification, Chris. No. Oh, I, no hold on. Believe me, hold on. I, I, I would like to. Hold on. Nobody... <laughs> I just, I need to stop. Can you stop the music for two seconds? Nobody else is drinking during the show? <laughs> no, I, I, I'm the I only think you're one? all on your own, man. Must, okay, start, must, is that a Canadian thing? You guys the drink during again. the show? I just, I wasn't sure. And, and now I, it's clarified. I can't believe that. That's so embarrassing. <laughs> um Spencer Knight <laughs> is going to make his uh, debut, or is uh, is making his debut. Top draft uh, pick for the uh, Florida Panthers as they rotate somebody in. He was uh, the number 13 pick in the 2019 draft. He's a goalie. Uh, that's why this this is interesting. As the uh, as the Florida Panthers just give a, a, a different look at it. Uh, I, I'm I'm surprised. There's there's been some speculation about this, but. Uh, but I'm, I'm a little bit uh, surprised that they're going down this road, given the, where yeah, they are I, in the I, race, right? Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's interesting for sure. It's also uh, getting a start against the Columbus Blue Jackets. So, you know, there's always a chance Ooh. that Patrick Line only plays like three to five minutes in the game. So it, it should be fine for Spencer Knight. Ooh. You know, I talked to uh, Nick Foligno this week on the Chirp Podcast. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't go there. Like the whole uh, – we talked a bit about torts. Mm -hmm. And and because uh, I love torts and he likes torts, so we we, we kind of had that in common. I wasn't sure. I wasn't up for any bashing. I, some people I, I will bash. Uh, I wasn't up <laughs> for it in, in in this case. But I didn't go down the Patrick Line road. Should I have? 
It just didn't really interest me. I mean, I think that it's it's probably not the direction that you want to go with Nick Foligno as, as he's been traded to the Toronto Maple Leafs and he's kind of focused in on, on what that next chapter is. I think maybe in the offseason it, it would be a little bit more um, appropriate at the time, but I, I don't think that it was necessarily time and place right now to have that conversation with Nick Foligno. Good. We talked about uh, weird things like how he got his hockey bag so fast. Yeah, uh, from the Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> it was a weird story. Uh, we have uh, Zidane Ochara. <laughs> uh, he actually wondered how they got a hockey bag for him so fast. Zidane Ochara returned to practice uh, today. That's great news. He's one of those guys that's uh, like 1,500-plus games mm-hmm. played in the National Hockey League. Yeah, uh, He's not going to get to 1768 or 1769 tomorrow night. No. Do you think he made the right choice? In leaving, Z- in leaving Boston? Zidane Ochara? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I, I, I mean, like, listen, the way that the Bruins have kind of been decimated in terms of, of injuries on the, blue, on the blue line this year, maybe it would have shaken out for Zidane Ochara to get more ice time or, or find a way. But I think that he wanted to play, and he went to a team that, that was willing to play him every single night and give him some responsibility, more responsibility, if he played up to that level. So... Yeah, I think 100%. If, you, if you're if you a professional athlete and you believe that you still have something left, you believe that you can still play and help out a team, and you have to leave to prove that again, then good on you for going out there and doing it. I, I think he absolutely made the right choice. Do you want to feel old? I, I mean, I already do, but sure, go ahead. Okay. Roberto Luongo has been named the manager, the general manager, for Canada's World Championship team, <laughs> and Shane yeah. Do- and Shane Doan is going to be uh, his assistant. Blows my mind. <laughs> like I was there when sh- when Shane Doan was a rookie in Winnipeg. I was covering the team, and and now he's the manager in the World Championship uh, entry. And Luongo, uh, I covered in in a Memorial Cup. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 weird. Like. I, I, <laughs> You know, when you're like when you're growing up and you're a kid and you you kind of don't really have the perspective of, of what time really means and you you have your favorite players and and they kind of go on and, and retire. You don't really get the context of what it means. But like now, as I'm getting older and I'm seeing players enter the league and then I'm seeing players leave the league and it's all within my lifetime that I'm I'm somewhat aware of it. It's it's weird. I don't like it. I don't. I'm not a fan. I like it because I was here before them, and I'm here after them. (laughs) So if a player's ever rude to you, you just go, I'll be here after you're gone. Wow. Look at you. (laughs) Look at you. Uh, That's my inside voice. I will never, (laughs) ever say that (laughs) outside of this program right now. (laughs) Seriously, you guys don't drink during the show? That's fantastic. This is Vegas. I, I don't know if you're getting to it. I, I imagine you are, but you had a big prediction for tomorrow. Yes. Huge, huge prediction. Tomorrow night, 8-6. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow night, 8-6 Vegas. I think the letdown <laughs> of what of what San Jose's gone through and, and uh, all the uh, pomp and ceremony regarding Patrick Marlowe, and yeah. I'm not sure whether they're going to start Martin Jones again uh, or, or not. And Vegas... I think after uh, a, a night's rest, is going to come out and just be flying. I think I think mm-hmm. tomorrow night eight six. That's that's what I'm that's what I'm calling for. 
Do you think Flurry's going to let up six goals? Uh, that's a good point. Okay, I'll go eight three. <laughs> I think I think I think we're going to have a good old barn burner. Just just light it up for an eighth straight win. That that's my big you know, prediction. You've you've hit on more blowouts than you've you've lost. So I don't know. We'll see. It'll be interesting. I hope I'm right on this one. Uh, those are your one-timers for Tuesday, April 2 on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Couture down the middle. The lefty fake shoots. Save Leonard! Vegas wins it in a shootout. 3-2. to two. The Knights top the Sharks. Interact with the guys on Twitter. Follow them at Darren Millard and at Ryan the Hockey Guy. This is the VGK Insider Show. I aspire to be as connected to our audience as Ryan Wallace is. You do a great job of making sure that you are uh, interacting with everybody. I, I, I'm trying to be better at it, but uh, but mm-hmm. I just uh, you, you, I, I go through you. You're my conduit to the people. Well, I wear that with a badge of honor. Thank you. <laughs> I do my best. Uh, we talked about uh, favorite cartoons. We did a prediction for tomorrow night. Uh, we got a lot uh, taken care of today. What was the What was the van name on the uh, on the Scooby-Doo? mystery machine? Mystery machine. I want to call the mystery time machine. Uh, and and do you guys, when you watch Scooby Doo, do you find yourself trying to figure out who the villain is? Well, like, that's always pretty easy to figure out. I find it harder than than. Uh, than most people would uh, believe. So we find out that you I drink cannot, during the show I, and <laughs> you struggle to figure out the villains in Scooby-Doo. Villain Scooby-Doo. It's I, always I the cannot, old guy who owns the amusement park, by the way. I, I cannot relate to this conversation in any way. Really? Yeah, ah, I just don't like how bit. there's so many reincarnations of Scooby-Doo. Like the ones when I was a kid, which were probably the same ones when Darren was a kid, they were like high quality, like 1970s cartoons. Now there, there's so many that it's impossible to keep track. But I always like the ones where they met like Phyllis Diller or the Harlem Globetrotters or Don Knotts. Those were, those were always good. Yeah. Uh, well, I didn't. Velma and Shaggy are dating now. Uh, that, that was <laughs> are they? Big, yeah. Yeah. That was a big shocker to me. Wow. Uh, uh, catching up with Chapman. Uh, let's turn it over to you. <laughs> How do I follow Velma and Shaggy? I don't know. But, uh, but, but they are. Easily. <laughs> very easily, Chapman. Just talk about literally anything else. So, uh Yesterday, we, we, we may have missed it because, uh, um, you know, there was a kind of a big thing going on here for us. But uh, Alex Smith, NFL quarterback, announced <laughs> oh, his yeah. retirement from the NFL on Monday. Um, I saw him play when he was back at the University of Utah, which was a really, really long time ago. He obviously had a very good career, but maybe most known for uh, the horrific injury that he suffered. And he subsequently then came back to be the NFL's comeback player of the year. 17 surgeries required to repair his leg. He uh, nearly lost his leg because of the injury. But I came across this story. Um, It's from Ryan Fitzpatrick, who, of course, is a journeyman NFL quarterback. Everyone knows him for having this great beard. But uh, Fitzpatrick was, was doing a podcast with former NFL player Chris Long, and he discussed having sent Alex Smith possibly the worst text in the history of text messages. And this is what it said. Hey, Alex, just want to let you know they'll fix you up right. You'll be as good as new. I'm out here, and I don't feel any pain from my injury three years later. And I felt good about it, he later went on to say. And he said, Alex Smith 
went on to reply back to him, well, mine might be a little more complicated. <laughs> oh, so he's just trying to be the good guy. Yeah, and, and, and Fitzpatrick went on to say he felt like a total, well, I think you can... Chapman. Figure, yes, he felt like a. Wouldn't that be great if that's actually what what Ryan Fitzpatrick had said? Felt like a total Chapman. I felt like a total Chapman. That's beautiful. You killed Chapman. Uh, <laughs> did you guys watch the documentary? I, I I saw the injury when it happened. I don't really want to watch it again. It's, it's fascinating. It's great. It's it's really good. You 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 uh, obviously will come away with it with great admiration. With, for for Alex, but also his family and his wife, and and the person that put that football in his hand, that that gave him that inspiration to do it. Really cool. What a football! Like just one football uh, can do. Uh, great job. Uh, glad you mentioned that uh, with Alex Smith. There's some uh, some great stories out there to to keep us motivated. Thanks to uh, you for listening, and uh, obviously uh, we will be back tomorrow. Note the start time. 4 o'clock is the regular, but the game starts at 6.30, so plan accordingly on Fox Sports Las Vegas with the BGK Insider Show.